0: everyone is talking about shaquille leonard because he is now available an all pro linebacker and what do the cowboys need exactly a linebacker but not so fast let's hear some words of warning from colts insider destin adams in just a few moments ladies and gentlemen let's go <laughs> What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Prime Time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for tuning in on this Tuesday night. Big show tonight. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the latest NFL news that feel of some particular relevancy to a Cowboys team that is so interested in a linebacker, so much so that we know that since the trade deadline, uh, Diana Rossini from The Athletic reported that the Cowboys were actively shopping, in fact, for a linebacker. Didn't happen, but... Since then, we've learned that Leighton Van Der Esch is done for the year. We are not sure if he will ever play again in the NFL. So it makes sense that Dallas could be looking for a linebacker, which made it even more interesting when NFL news broke that the Indianapolis Colts had waived Shaquille Leonard. I'm going to be honest with you. I have not kept up very closely with Indianapolis this season. I believe since Anthony Richardson was hurt. Once AR was out, I was out on the on the cold season. Uh, I didn't follow them very closely. So the news did take me a little bit by surprise. Jaquil Leonard being a player that not that long ago was named an All-Pro linebacker. A first-team All-Pro linebacker, actually. Uh, three times in his career. That includes his rookie season when he was... A contemporary rookie with Leighton Vanderish. I'm sure you remember that uh, he actually was named the Defensive Rookie of the Year that that uh, year. And you know he has three first-team All-Pro years, one second-team All-Pro honor as well. But Shaquille Leonard being waived definitely made me ask myself: There's something that I don't know. What is it? Right? There's something that I have not really being on the lookout for here with Indianapolis. So I reached out to my friend, Destin Adams, who is a Colts insider for us over at ADZ Sports Indianapolis. He's actually broken some big time stories for us while, you know, being with us working the indie bit. And he had some very interesting insight to share. And I thought we could dive into it on tonight's show just because I know that Cowboys fans want to know more about this old pro potential target that suddenly is in the Cowboys' reach. So let me know in the chat very quickly, would you like or dislike adding Shaquille Leonard to the Dallas Cowboys? Let me know in the chat, and then we'll get into the inside of Destin Adams. Let me tell you something, though. Destin's inside is very, very scary. They are words of warning that we were about to get into. So let me know what you think, though, before in the chat. And let me just tease something. We're going to get into Cowboys versus Washington by the numbers after we get through the Chuck e. Leonard talk. And I'm going to share with you my one or two worries about the Thanksgiving game. And I'm going to say worries between quotation marks, because, yes, the Cowboys should get the win on Thursday. Spoiler alert. Again, they are two uh, double digit favorites. So let's just go 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 with that. Uh, Toxic says dislike Gregory says dislike David Cowboy says yes At a reduced salary Katharina says dislike From what I'm hearing And Tom915 and says like veteran presence In a young linebacker room Let me tell you What I was told about Shaquille, Shaquille Leonard Because the word unplayable Was used in my conversation with Destin uh, Basically Destin's stake Is that indeed He's not the same guy that won all of those all-pro seasons. He is somebody that was basically about to be benched by Indy, and instead they cut him. And here is the full quote for you. Leonard has been a shell of his old self since returning from injury. His snap count has taken a big hit this year. And listen to this very carefully. They completely take him off of the field for passing down situations because he is unplayable in that area. He's coming off arguably the worst game of his season, quite possibly his career against the Patriots, where he looked completely lost on the field and was, again, listen carefully, outplayed by every other linebacker who touched the field for the Colts. If a team can get him to his old self, then he's a home run signing. But, important but here, the likelihood of that at this stage of his career is unlikely. Boom. That's a strong, stone cold statement from my friend Destin Adams. Uh, let me say this it also sounds very crazy to say at this stage of his career, there's no way he bounces back because the guy is 28 years old. However, you know, the surgeries that he's gone through have really taken a toll on him. And the fact that he was injured, you know, he had a back injury, as you guys might remember. And the fact that his decline has come since then is a really scary proposition. And then on top of that, and we'll get into the financial details a little bit here, you know, in a little bit here. Uh, I'm not sure that the Cowboys want to play the injury at linebacker, you know, the injury game at linebacker specifically when they're dealing with the whole Leighton Banderich thing as well. Uh, So let's just start with that. Let's just start with that. as kind of like a starting point for this conversation because it is complicated. Because remember, he was waived by Indy. That means he's not going to free agency directly. He's going through waivers. I really don't know if there is a team that might be super desperate for a linebacker that is going to put in a claim for him. I'm guessing not. Because Shaquille comes with a very expensive price tag. From what I understand and from what Destin understands, basically any team who claims Leonard will be owing him six million dollars for the rest of the season. That's basically one million a week based on where we are at right now. Now, on top of that, none of it is guaranteed. But, you know, that's no, that's no problem. But it would force a team to cut him in the offseason anyway to avoid paying it, right? So here is Destin's prediction. He says, my prediction is he goes unclaimed on waivers and then will sign with a contender as a free agent. That is Destin's prediction for Shaquille Leonard, which suddenly changes the conversation a little bit, at least for me. Here's why. If Shaquille goes through waivers unclaimed, And then he's suddenly asking for basically a minimum deal to finish out the season. That is exactly, and you know it as well as I do, that is exactly the kind of thing that would get the Cowboys to bet on somebody. If you're coming in here with a very low risk deal, you got a shot to sign with Dallas. And nobody plays the low risk, high reward Dallas uh, likes to play. I mean, excuse me, nobody plays the low-risk, high-reward game more often than Dallas. I'm not saying that they hit on all all of their bets, but Dallas is a team that is always ready to gamble in that sort of of situation. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm just going to say that right now. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Cowboys do target him once he clears waivers. But it's important for us to know that if they do, it is indeed a long shot. It is not, he's not somebody that you are banking on to really improve the linebacker room. Now, it's not all bad. It, it is not all bad. And here is one final quote that I did want to add. You know, and it has some good and it has some bad because hear me out. This is from Destin again. And again, Colts Insider, for those of you who are just joining the show, there aren't many better leaders in the NFL or on this planet than Shaquille Leonard. He has a way of motivating players around him and getting them to play at their very best. He will be a positive addition to any locker room in the NFL, even if his play doesn't match his leadership ability. That's kind of something that I do worry about. Like, I love to hear that about Chuck. He is a true leader. There were some clips going around social media from today when even after being cut, he's still giving out turkeys. I believe he's giving back to the community uh, ahead of Thanksgiving in Indianapolis and everything. He didn't cancel any of that. He was there. He was there for the reporters as well. So that speaks volumes about the guy. I'm just going to say that now. But I also, I'm not in love with, hey, what's the best thing about Darius Leonard and then the, uh, Shaquille Leonard, excuse me. And then the answer being chip. right? That tells you a lot about where he is at as a football player. As sucky as that sounds, it is true. So there you go. Those are my initial thoughts on the whole Shaquille Leonard situation. In summation, for those of you who are just joining the stream, let me say he could be very well, he could, uh, excuse me, he could very well be targeted by the Cowboys if he clears waivers. If slash when he clears waivers. Uh, But I wouldn't dream of Dallas putting in a claim for him. And I wouldn't get excited even if he is, ultimately signed to Dallas hypothetically because you're betting on a guy that, you know, you're betting on the guy who was before. You're not betting on the guy who is now. That being said, the Cowboys have very thin, a very thin linebacker room, even if you include the practice squad. So it's not like you couldn't use somebody that at least has some experience in the NFL because right now that's where the Cowboys are at with their linebacker room. Let's just say that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into some of the comments here. Tom and I won five says, and that is exactly why I would be interested. He can teach these young linebackers how to be better pros, film breakdown, better practice habits. He's like another coach on the field. And to Tommy's point, and I think sometimes we kind of overrate that sort of impact. That's just my feeling. That's something personal. I feel like sometimes we can really overrate what a veteran. Mentor can be to young players. But in the Cowboys particular case, you could make the argument that the Mon Clark could use some coaching. And the same for Marquise Bell because these are inexperienced players. They are young. And in Bell's case, specifically, he is somebody that is still learning the position because the Cowboys themselves have explained to us how the Cowboys specifically communicated Bell's assignment to him before many plays, like they are like, yes, this is your gap, you know, because he's still learning how to play on that second level of the defense instead of on the secondary. Let's see here. Uh, Guru says, could Leonard clear waivers and save a practice squad spot? Uh, he could. I'm not sure. Hey, he could, but what it would take is 31 other NFL teams not offering him a 53-man roster spot. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Like That is the intrigue right now about Leonard. We'll find out very soon, by the way. Uh, We're going to have an answer very quickly here on what Leonard's future looks like, I would assume. But it sure sounds like he is clearing waivers. And yeah, I would guess that that is a possibility, Guru. Toxic says, zero interest in a linebacker who is a total liability in the pass game and a history of back issues. Nice guys, nice guys are God barbecues is toxic. Somebody, something went wrong at the end of that comment, but I don't know exactly what. Let's see here. If someone claims him, don't they owe him guaranteed money? They basically owe him the salary. Yeah, they basically owe him the $6 million, especially, you know, in his situation. He's late in the year. Nick says, Dan Quinn could very well be the best option to pair Leonard with to bring that dog back out of him. And that is what the Cowboys would be betting on if they end up bringing him in. Again, I kind of feel skeptical about the whole thing. I will say, though, usually when we're talking about big name players that are going to be expensive, I'm always going to be on the boat of, you know, the Cowboys are not going to be interested. That's why I strongly believe they're not going to put a claim for him. However, as long as he's cheap, Cowboys might be in on it. Uh, We'll find out uh, at some point here. This week, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with all that being said, let's get into some commanders talk here very quickly. We're not going to get full into the fully into the preview of the game that's going to happen tomorrow night. But this is going to be kind of like an early look, kind of like a gauging the room, gauging the vibes type deal where we go through some of the overall numbers for the commanders and the Cowboys game. And we kind of determine whether or not this is a game that should worry Cowboys fans or not. Beyond the fact that it should worry anybody against anybody because it's a home game on a short week, on a potential quote-unquote letdown spot after dominant wins for the Cowboys. Basically, three wins in the last four games that have been dominant. The one exception being that trip to Philly. In week nine, but it's a divisional game. They've got a somewhat dangerous QV. Beyond the fact that you know it's a short week game and it's a divisional one. Is there anything that should worry Cowboys fans for this one? Let me just get through some of the overall numbers first, which ends with a resounding no. You shouldn't be worried about it. He's just going by efficiency per DVOA. Cowboys are the sixth team, the sixth best team overall commanders are the 27th best team overall again as of DVOA after week 11 if you look at the details a little bit more closely the commanders are 30th on defense so again nothing really to worry about and that's beyond you know like for example toxic here says i'm worried we don't show up to play and although fair although that's fair I kind of want to say the Cowboys have gone through that, went through that in Arizona. And even that was a little bit different because they had three backup linemen in there. Other than that, we said something similar. When the Cowboys were going to face the Giants in week one, the Jets in week two, we said similar stuff about the Patriots game. We said similar stuff about the Rams game. Not that much, but still a little bit. Uh, We said the same thing about the Giants and the Panthers. And in all of those games, except for the Cardinals one, which had three injuries on the offensive line, Cowboys showed up. So that worries dying a little bit, dying down a little bit for me. I'm not in that train where I'm like, "Oh yeah, Dallas has been here before, and they have let us down before, because the Cowboys have not shown us that, that can happen this season. The one exception is the Cardinals game, and I'm not trying to raise that from our memories but they were missing three offensive linemen in that one. And we kind of maybe underestimated the effect that that would have on the way that the Cowboys would approach things. And that was a mistake more from the coaching staff. I look back on that game and I'm more frustrated with coaching than I am with the players, especially when the coach shows up after that game and says, you know what? I overreacted to having those absences on the offensive line. So I'm, kind of giving them a pass for that. And I'm saying, I'm out of this train of them not showing to to up to play. Uh, could it happen? Yes, this is the NFL. But I'm betting that they are going to show up because they have consistently done so. It's six games now when the Cowboys have had their starters in the fourth quarter. That is showing up. So not worried about that anymore. However, here's where I get a little bit worried and, I'm going to say this. I'm going to talk more about Sam Howell tomorrow night, so make sure you tune in. But let's look at some numbers here very quickly. The commanders are actually quite decent in red zone touchdown efficiency. They are the 10th best team in the NFL. When they get inside the 20-yard line, they score on 58% of the drives. That is a touchdown score, obviously. Eric Bieniemy is in there after all, and they do have Trey McLaurin, and they do have Jehan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. That is a pretty solid NFL set of wide receivers. Is it one of the best in the league? No, but it is pretty damn solid. Now, they're 13th in red zone trips. Not best, but again, kind of like a solid team. And one of my biggest worries for this one, and keep in mind, when I say worries, I don't mean it in a way that I'm saying, like, you know, this could be a trap game. Not what I'm saying. But more than anything, this is what could go a little bit wrong or, or this is something that we should watch out for when the game kicks off. And that is the offensive line being slightly better than some of the offensive lines that we've seen the Cowboys blow up in recent weeks. Because uh, actually, if you look at the offensive line composite ratings that Ben Baldwin puts together, and you know that takes into account PFF evaluations, Sports Info Solutions numbers and ESPN pass block win rates and run block win rates and stuff. The commanders are 14th. Let me say that is much higher than I anticipated coming into this week. That's league average offensive line. Is that enough to slow down the Cowboys, who boast the number one pass rush per pass rush win rate and per pressure rates, and they have Micah, who has the second most pressures in the NFL, and Armstrong and Fowler, and you know about a Cowboys uh, way to attack QBs. However, Carolina, New York, LA, all of them had offensive lines that ranked 24th or worst in the NFL. 24th or worst. Commanders are a little bit of a step up in offensive line competition. Now, even against the Eagles, the Cowboys made plays. But this not being one of the bottom offensive lines in the league, one thing that I'm looking out for is it's a little bit of a tougher game to put away in the third quarter is what I'm trying to get to. It's a little bit of a a, uh, question mark there if the Cowboys can really put the commanders away that easily early in this game, like they have the Panthers and the Giants and the Rams in recent weeks. Obviously, with the Eagles, they lost. So I'm not including them in that conversation. But that is something to watch out for in this game, especially when you've got Eric Venemy especially when you've got a few weapons on the perimeter, and you've got Sam Howell, who, again, going to get more into it tomorrow night. But I'm just going to lead off with this. Nobody has thrown as many big-time throws this season as Sam Howell. He has all. He's also risked the football a whole lot. Three interceptions last weekend, which is why the Giants ended up winning that game in spite of Tommy DeVito being sacked nine times. But Sam Howell can ball out sometimes. And again, not completely a very good QV because he will make some wild decisions sometimes. And we'll even watch him tape tomorrow night. Uh, but still, he's somebody that on a good day could really punish some of your mistakes on the backfield. And when you have three wide receivers that you can count on, that becomes a little bit of a concern. But again, Cowboys should take care of it because even though this is an average offensive line, Dallas is in a situation where even against the best of the offensive lines, I would bet on their pass rush to get to the QB. And that's in big part because of Micah and offense's inability to come up with answers against Parsons, because there's a un, there's a popular narrative among Cowboys fans where, where things have not gone Dallas's way. People act like Micah is not doing a whole lot. But even against Philly, even in San Francisco, Micah had decent games. Uh, above decent, actually, I would say. That's one of the things. Another of the things that I would be a little bit concerned about is it's not that the commanders run a lot of screens. I think that's a misconception of the commander's offense and one that I've seen in many places. It's not that they use a lot of screens. Uh, Sam Howell is actually the 11th quarterback with the lowest screen rate in the NFL, but they're very timely with them and they involve the running backs a lot in in their passing game. In fact, let me open these stats up very quickly, but it feels like a lot of the time The Cowboys are, the Panthers, excuse me, are out here really involving the running backs on their offense. So let me just, man, I'm trying to find this page that I was trying to get to. You guys won't believe this, but my computer is not plugged in, even though it should be plugged in. But the charger keeps falling off. I know this might sound like an excuse, but I don't care. It, it It is a reality. I'm not sure exactly what, how I'm going to go about this whole thing because I'm about to get through the whole show here. Uh, here. Here we go. Antonio Gibson has 35 targets so far this season. That is fourth most in the NFL. Brian Robinson has 33 targets himself. That's a lot of targets for your running backs. It's just a very, very... Effective way of involving them because they, they get it like they have over 450 yards combined, something like that. Okay, here's the number that I would also point out Robinson, in 27 receptions, has 11.6 yards per catch. And where is it? Antonio Gibson is nine. So they are pretty successful when they do target their running backs. Chalker Moe, Sismark, Aaron. Yeah, I know, man. This whole thing about. The Charger here is, oh, man. I think we can make it. <laughs> I think we can make it. Ladies and gentlemen, That those are some of my concerns. Uh, they don't use a lot of play action. They use the fifth least uh, play action in the NFL, which, again, was a surprise for me. But the enemy is making some things work out there, and I'm just going to say, man, Commanders, out of the last few games that we've seen, are probably my biggest concern, excluding the Eagles game for obvious reasons. Maybe since the Rams, like, I think I'm a little bit more concerned about the the Commanders in that sense. Like, I don't think it's the same as the Panthers game or the Giants game or even the Rams game specifically because with LA they had such a bad offensive line that you knew that they, if the Cowboys went up by double, uh, like by uh, two possessions, excuse me. Then it was over with. The game was over with. So not the same for Commanders. We're going to get more into it tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. But before I go, and it's going to be a short One Cool Thing. Because I don't want my battery to run out here on me. Let me know. What is your One Cool Thing of the week? One of my favorite segments, man. Every week. Every week. We close out the show with the One Cool Thing. And remember... It's our feel-good space. You can share something personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Let me know what your uncle will thing of the week. I know it's Thanksgiving, and you know we don't make a big deal out of it in Mexico. So I'm really, you know, not in the same boat. But I, I'm very excited that you guys are having Thanksgiving. I really don't do a Thanksgiving dinner. When my pops was around, he uh, had a Thanksgiving party. But it was just all football related. So it was just let's get together and watch the NFL all day long. And that was very fun. So shout out to my dad, wherever he is. We lost him back in June. Um, So, you know, Stephen White says, Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Remember when we brought our own benches? Oh, yeah. It's Commander's Week. Cannot leave without mentioning that. That is true. My one cool thing is my laptop is charging with ease. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a good one, Toxic. Thanksgiving W says, Mark Aaron, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. What a dumb dance, neither that franchise uh, into good. They made themselves, says Justin. My daughter and grandson both have their birthdays on Thanksgiving. That's amazing. Uh, yep, I agree with you, Mark. I agree with you. Ladies and gentlemen, let me leave you with my one cool thing very quickly, though. On Friday, I'm going to the movies. But I'm not going to watch just any movie. I'm not even going to watch a new movie. I'm going to watch The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King on the big screen. Just last week, my brother and I were talking about how cool would it be to watch them at the movies? You know, we're both young. We didn't get to watch them when they came out at the movies. So, man, excited as heck about that. I'm running a marathon just to get uh, ready for it. I'm excited about it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Ladies and gentlemen. Justin, I, I, I swear that's basically what the comments are. What a dumb Snyder turned that franchise into good. They made himself. <laughs> I I Shout out to Justin, man. I think I misread that. Sorry about that. See you guys tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you so much, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.